0: Hey everybody and welcome to episode 54 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. Smashing them out today, back to back. This is the second one and I've got a third one coming up a a little bit later. My second guest on the show today, Sheena Yap Chan, is a blogger, podcaster, consultant, author and speaker on building self-confidence. I love Sheena's mission and I can't wait to talk about it. She currently inspires women through her podcast called "The Tao of Self Confidence." I hope I got that right. Where she interviews Asian women about their inner journey of self-confidence. Sheena's mission is to help Asian women boost their confidence to live in authentic, to live their authentic selves, and help Asian women create a voice in the world and create a stronger representation of Asian women. I love that cause. Can't wait to speak more about it, Sheena live from canada welcome to the show
1: hey jake thanks for having me really excited to just be here today and just share my story and some tips to help your listeners out there
0: it's my absolute pleasure to welcome you along and we were just chatting about your podcast off camera you've been in the game for a fair while longer than me you said you've been doing it for five years over 800 episodes which is just fantastic Um, and we were both talking about how you know it's really it's a labor of love you know it doesn't even feel like work when we're doing it because you just enjoy doing it so much perhaps you could tell us about a bit more about how that that podcast came around and started
1: for sure i mean you know back then i, I always wanted to find a way to elevate women's voices especially asian women's voices and when i first started podcasting i actually had no clue what a podcast was i mean i always saw it on my apple itunes and i'm like what's a podcast you know, I would just look at it and like, what's a podcast? I've ne- I've never heard of this- these things, right? And mm-hmm. you know, when I started realizing what they were, it was like the perfect platform because you know, people can download it at any given moment. They can w- listen to it while they're jogging, or you know, stuck in traffic, or you know, taking care of their kids, right? Because everyone lives busy lives. And like, you know, I wanted to do something that's that wasn't a blog or a YouTube channel because, like, I just wanted. platform that was more accessible and more convenient for people and so Mm -hmm. you know i i invested in a course to figure out how to get this thing going it's not fun especially when you're not a technical person (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah yeah and um you know i also had a podcast like support group that would Help me throughout my journey, like kind of like, you know, ask them for feedback. And so when I first started my podcast, I actually had a different title for it. I really wanted to call it the stripper because my tagline was to strip my limiting, your limiting beliefs away. And mm. so I had a graphic designer hired to do the artwork and it was basically like a woman with a whip, you know, in like that stripper form, like a silhouette wow. of it. And so I actually sent that um, that graphic work to my support group And, you know, of course the answer I wanted was not the answer I got, right? Which is great, right? Because you always wanna hear what you need to hear versus what you wanna hear, right? So, you know, I got, you know, this isn't the right message. You're gonna attract the wrong audience. You know, it's not gonna work when you have this title. And at at first I was like, oh my God, I'm such a failure. If I can't even get the name properly, how am I get the show, like, you know, up and running? And Mm -hmm. we all have that, right? It's like the first mistake we do, we feel like we're a failure and it's the end of the world. And, you know, I just had to, you know, go back to the drawing board and ask a friend to help me out. And that's when the Tao of Self-Confidence came out. And it was just a huge lesson for me. I like sharing the story because I want people to realize the importance of being clear versus being clever. You know, being like that title, The Stripper, was just me being clever. And then, you know, having a title that really is clear and people can see it was just like a whole different ball game. When I sent the second Artwork for the new title, everyone loved it. Everyone's like, This is way better. Like, I understand what you're saying. You're going to attract the right audience. And so, yeah, you know, I went from there. And of course, when I first started, when you first start anything new, it's like scary. You have all these moments of self doubt in your mind. You know, Mm -hmm. you're like, Are people going to like my show? Is it going to work out well? Is it going to be a success? Are people going to like my voice? Are they going to think I'm just some crazy Asian girl putting some show out there? And it delayed me a lot for a while because. I was just scared. I just was so scared to put it out there because I was so scared of failure. And so it wasn't until a friend just told me to put it out there, even if it fails, at least, you know, and you can just move on to the next. And so I put it out there and if it wasn't for for him, I wouldn't be here today putting up, you know, talking about the show. And so, yeah, like I mentioned, it's been five years, right? A lot of ups and downs, you know, like I mentioned, it's a labor of love, like trying to, Interview a eight, over 800 women in a span of five years is a lot of work, right? Mm-hmm. And you know wow. you even like just trying to get guests 800 women in a show um, mm-hmm. You know, you get a lot of rejection not everyone says yes, you know and mm-hmm. you just have to keep moving and pushing forward because I had a big Mission and a purpose for this show which was to create a support system Especially for Asian women who deal with self-confidence issues because growing up I never had that and I wish I had it right and the mm-hmm. second one is representation. Representation is huge for me because growing up I never had that as well. Living in Canada oh. in the in the early 90s all I ever saw was, you know, white people on TV. And because of that, <laughs> I wanted to name myself Heather, have blonde hair and blue eyes because that's what I thought <laughs> beauty was. I thought being Asian was being shameful. So oh, That's
0: mm-hmm.
1: why these are the main reasons why I created the podcast
0: yeah and, and well done on doing such a fantastic job and having such a good clear intent at the start although i'm pretty honest i'm pretty glad you didn't go with the stripper one because i think that would have been very confusing yeah. to people. <laughs> about what they were you know actually going to be listening to and about um it's it yeah and and it, to your point it's great that's why it's great to be involved in groups of like minded people that have already done or are going after the same thing and um, particularly when you know they're going to just give you straight up honest advice you know no filter because it, it it can sometimes you have the best idea with pure intentions, but you put it out there and you need some feedback from from the public and the feedback you get doesn't quite align with what you thought uh, and then and then of course the the project and the idea only gets better doesn't it so yeah. But yeah, and I think that's really yeah, your your intent's fantastic, you know, and and it comes out of like like a lot of good businesses and and projects. It comes out of you know a personal need, a personal desire, or a personal lack for you. It was it was the confidence and the representation, and and stepping forth into that and realizing that you can be the change and doing it at scale like you have. It's just a fantastic thing and I really congratulate and commend you on doing it and for working so hard at it as well. You know, like you said, a lot of ups and downs there, but you didn't quit. You're still very much in the game and and here you are 800 episodes later, which is just, I bet you can't wait for a 1,000.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Great milestone. And I think as well, you talked about a bit there about guests and finding guests. There's a, a particularly when you're wanting to find guests that are relevant to what you're what you do and that are going to you know bring good value, good quality to your show. You know, I really believe it's a thing of I know I do. I do do a lot of episodes, but I really do try to make sure that every single one of my guests is going to bring value to the show in the context of what we, we speak about. Um, but I, I can imagine that, you know, you get a lot of knockbacks along the way, you know, as I have. And that's just how it goes, isn't it? But you have to get past it and rise through it and know that there's actually an infinite number of supply of guests. It's just finding them that's the the tough part and then convincing them to come on the show. Particularly if um, some people aren't too keen to go live in front of a camera, you know. Yeah, that can be a whole issue within itself because you're like, hey, come on. I know you've got a great story (laughs) and I know you give some great value and we just need to get past this. This little barrier of you. you not liking to be in front of the camera.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I know what it's like to be afraid of doing video because I was there, you know, when I first did my first. When I started my first video, it was a hot mess. It took me like two hours to do a two minute video. I would like you know, turn on the camera or my phone, talk about something and then fumble and turn it off. And then I do it again. And I probably and I did that for like two hours straight because I was so scared that the words weren't just coming out properly. And I was just Mm -hmm. so afraid of like what people might think of me being on video. They would be Mm -hmm. like, look at this crazy Asian girl being on video talking about nonsense. Why are we even looking at her? And, you know, that's how I used to always see things because, you know, growing up, I was just like, Told to like never make any noise, just be in the background, you know, Mm -hmm. just do as you're told and never rock the boat. And so this Mm -hmm. was all like new to me. It was totally out of my comfort zone. And video is probably the most scariest thing any person can do. Okay. Just to like put yourself out there and just like share, you know, whatever your views are, even just you as a person. Like it takes a lot of courage to do it. And I know a lot of people are scared. Of doing video, you know, especially the people who bash you the most are the ones who's the most scared to like go out there and do a video. So to anyone who's done a video, even for the first time, just give yourself a pat on the back because it's not easy. I know I've been there. I had like you know shaky shaky arms, stuttering words, sweaty palms, like sweaty armpits out of nervousness, and that's just me <laughs> being honest. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, value that. Value that. Right. Uh, and there's a lot of people who'll be listening who I'm sh- sure will take a lot of value out of that now i'd just like to rewind back for a second and i hope you don't mind talking about this but i think it's going to be something important to talk about and great value particularly you know for any of the asian women that are listening but you said you know when you grew up it was about you know it wasn't about this but you were told to you know be be quiet and just be in the background a lot do you think that's something that's kind of plays out a lot for for young asian girls in, in families
1: yeah, I mean, you know, it's passed on from generation to generation. It's a very generational, like, upbringing, right? We're just told to live one certain way. It's like the minute you're born, your life is pretty much set up for you. You know, you go to school, get a job, get married, and, like, either work for your family, get a good job, or you work somewhere, you know, and never just rock the boat because they think, you know, this is the way to success, right? There's only one way because that's the only way they know for from generation to generation. So it's... So that's why like so many women, you know, especially like feel trapped because if it's like they have to stay the course or else anything outside of that is deemed shameful. And it's such an unfortunate thing because I've interviewed like over 700 Asian women and they've done some amazing things, like things I never thought was possible. They did it right. I've interviewed a woman who's a Christmas song artist. I've interviewed a woman who can fly a plane with her feet. I've interviewed, you know, a woman who went to jail and was a drug offender and sold drugs, but now is a motivational coach and was even, you know, helping out in the Dwayne Johnson's like one of his uh, motivational reality shows. So it's like, you know, Asian women aren't just stick to are not, you know, just one stereotypical thing. Like there's so many talents each person has. And that's what we have to like, you know, bring out when it comes to representation, because so many people just you know, judge us by our stereotypes, you know, all Asian women are bad drivers, Asians are good at math, (laughs) you know, not all of us are good at math, you know, not all of us are bad drivers. I mean, everyone's different. And, you know, they're different in their own way. Even recently, last weekend, I don't know if you're a baseball fan, I'm not a baseball fan, but I do like when a woman breaks those ceilings, right. And so one lady, her name's Kim Ng. She she's the first woman in history to be a general manager in a major sports team. Which is amazing but if you if you have yeah i think for the miami marlins so but if you ever read her credentials she should have been a general manager 15 years ago yeah but but you know sometimes the fact that we're women it takes a little bit longer because if a man had those credentials they would have been a general manager right away i mean she went through five different interviews you know in five different baseball teams to be a general manager never got accepted Um, she decided to work for the league for about 15 years and now is her chance to like, you know, be that first person. Now she's able to open the doors for so many other young girls there who want to be in the sports industry, who want to, you know, strive to be a general manager. And this is huge because as Asian women, society doesn't see us in leadership roles. And this is probably why it took 15 years for her to be a general manager. And the more we can just like showcase more leadership roles more women who like even celebrate the things they do because we've also been told to know to always be humble never, never brag you know because it's not proper it's not ladylike and there's so many like expectations we have to live by or so many labels that you know we're just like we just you just feel trapped we can't do anything
0: yeah yeah no i can it's really interesting to hear that and uh, i'm sure sorry what was the lady's name it came out uh, it, was he, it Kim Ng, or her last name is Ng, so. Okay. Okay. And yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm sure she's going to kick some ass and be a great yeah. leader, and she's and she's going to probably show a few a few guys, you know, how how to get it done. Um,
1: yeah.
0: You know, <laughs> better way than they can do, right? I think that's fascinating. You see that play out a lot, you know, where women go into positions as leaders where typically it's always been men who have occupied the role and actually what you find because they bring a different energy to it. Of course, we know, you know, they say uh, women are from Venus and men are from Mars, you know. Um, my partner even told me that I, she said, that's true, but I'm from Jupiter apparently, so I don't know what that means. But um, <laughs> I think, I think when, you see, when you see that play out that we're, Men have been typically always in a role and and it's always been for generations, 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 many years. And then woman comes into that role. I think it brings a whole new lease of energy. They hit things from a different angle. They're respected at scale, just like they should be, particularly by Maybe some people in, in that kind of organisation or team that didn't, maybe didn't completely respect women before, that they have to bring about that change, you know. And so they should. Um, and I think it's always a great thing to see, and it always inherently leads, you know. Once the first person does it, it's it's like Roger Roger Bannister. He was the first guy to run the four minute mile. In I think in the year following he did it, over a hundred people did it, or something to that number, a huge number. You know, once someone sets the precedent, and and someone changes the way everyone else it sets up everyone else for them behind them to follow so yeah more of that plays world more of that happens. yeah more totally. Familiar. yeah yeah i think yeah and and you know we're going to see a player we're seeing it play out now and i think it's just going to happen even more and more and i really hope it does happen even more you know in sports teams in the business world in in all those in all those ways i think it's um A refreshing change and and a longer lighted one
1: for sure i mean Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people feel like like even industries that you think are dominated by women it's still run by men right and i think that also needs to change like i remember Mm -hmm. interviewing a dancer who's you know in the ballet industry and that's still run by men you know (laughs) people don't realize that yeah makeup industry you know run by men too so it's like we need to have a different dynamic and change, right? Because, you know, 80% of the buying power is women, yet, you know, most of these industries are run by men. So there needs to be, like, mm-hmm. you know, a, a smaller gap.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. That really surprises me to hear, not that I would know, just because I don't know much about those two industries you mentioned. It does surprise me to hear that they're, they're run by men. I mean, me and just my, my monkey brain here would think that um, – <laughs> It's, it's all women in the makeup office and that, and that they run it head to toe. But, yeah, okay, maybe, of course, that, that's not how it works out. Yeah. Now, Sheena, I know you have a book, well, I should say two books, and I'm sure you can um, – it's kind of – it's. you did have a book coming out that's now it's, – it's, it's transformed somewhat and it's turned into two books. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, for sure. So in 2021, we do have um, two books, one that I co-created with another lady. Um, it's called Asian Women Who Boss Up and that book will feature 16 asian women who are who are going to share their story of how they're able to forge their own path and thrive by being an entrepreneur and it's very important that we do have a book that feature asian women on the cover because if you ever go on amazon how many books do you see that feature asian women on on a cover mm-hmm. a lot no. No. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and so representation is huge and the only way to create that representation is through different forms of media right and we were so passionate about creating this book that you know it just needed to be done even if we went through so many hardships and even me like just being able to pitch this idea was like nerve-wracking because this was something I've never done before you know yes I talk about confidence but talking about confidence and like Taking action on your confidence is a whole different level. You know, you go through fears, you go through self-doubt, you yeah. fumble along the way, you go through anxiety. I went through all that. I even had moments of depression where I just ate my feelings because like sometimes you see like things aren't working your way, but I knew that it had to be done, so I just kept pushing through it. And that's what's the most important thing, right? Like I know a lot of people like to glamorize entrepreneurship, thinking like you can get it done in 90 days. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. The people who got it done in 90 days took 10 years, and I want people to realize like sometimes it may take a while but it's worth it in the end and so you know that we were just so fortunate we were able to find 16 amazing women who's you know courageous enough to share their story and so that's coming out in March of 2021 and then the next book I'll be featured this one I'll be featured in it's called women of color who boss up because it's the same thing as women of color. We still don't have that representation and it's badly needed. You know, when I talk to women, they're like, yeah, I don't see any, any books that feature women of color, you know, in a book cover or like, you know, on Amazon, it's, it's something that's just needed. It's 2020. And yet we still lack a lot of representation. So, you know, we're going to also feature 16 women of color. Who's going to do the same thing, share their own stories and how they're able to boss up in their life because, you know, I want people To realize like there's people out there that kind of look like them who's been able to overcome all these barriers and still thrive and I just want that person to be like if she can do it so can I because it's very important to have that kind of representation or else you just won't believe in yourself and you won't take the action to go out there and live the life that you want.
0: Yes, I completely agree. Um, I can't wait to see see those books come out. And, um, yeah, a collaborative book. I'll tell you, with, there's actually a book coming out, Hunger for the Hustle, a whole other story, but that's going to be a collaborative book as well. I think when many people come together on a, pro- a project, you know, a team-driven collaborative effort all you know in your case 16 brains they're working towards the same end i'm sure there might be a you know some other people as well who are helping just put it together um it just brings more impact more gravity to the project and of course i mean it helps from a marketing perspective as well because then the 16 people behind the book who of course they want their you know friends families audiences to to read it and 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 read their story as well and also i think um In the fast-paced, busy world that we live in, of course, people don't always have the time to digest a whole book. So if you have a book full of chapters from different people, you know, you can easily pick that up and go through one chapter and then another time, another chapter. It's a lot more digestible, I find, than, um, you know, uh, a big, thick encyclopedia of a book. So, yeah, fantastic idea. And um, I like the way how there's going to be one book, but it became two. Isn't it funny how... One project can just often lead to other things. And as you get speaking to people about them, they grow and develop. And and often they can, I mean, it's it's still the same thing, but sometimes they they lead into a completely different thing from what you originally started to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you just never know until you just take action in your own life, right? Like things just appear when you least expect it, and it just feels good, right? Can you hear me? I Sorry? I'm here. That's weird. Hey, sorry about that, technical. Sorry about that.
0: <laughs> we're back, we're back. Yeah, I've had a bit of issues with the internet connection today. So sorry about that, folks, if you're watching, and thank you for joining us again. So we were just talking about how one project can become many and diversify when you involve other people with it, and, and that's really what happened with your, with your book there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes when you have a big purpose, like, It expands too, right? I mean, yes, I I do love, you know, elevating Asian women's voices. But at the same time, you know, women of color also need it as well. And it's something, you know, when you can work together, it's a lot better, you know, I always say better together. And so why not, right? It it still helps all of us win. And we create that win-win situation where, you know, we help each other out and bring the voice and you know help other women you know especially women of color be inspired and realize they can do this on their own as well or they can they they can see themselves you know live their dream life or become an entrepreneur or whatever it is they set their mind to
0: yes yeah exactly right and i know that you're a consultant as well is that with regard to to helping Asian, asian women or is that with something else
1: um you know that's Pretty much um, something I've just started. So I haven't okay. really
0: liked a- that. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's all good. So so in your I mean, let's talk about these questions in, in regard to your to your podcast. I mean, there's a lot of people watching who, you know, see a lot of podcasts. I think I heard the other day that there's over I think it's just broke over a million podcasts now out there available, which is huge and they're growing all the time. You know, many people may be watching this, particularly Asian ladies, your your audience may be thinking about starting their own podcast inspired by you. And and let's talk about some of the challenges you've had along the way and perhaps some of the failures. And I always think it's worth mentioning those because that's where we learn a lot of value inside them.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, a million shows is not actually that much. So I want people to realize podcasting is a very underutilized platform because if you check how many blogs there are, there's like over a hundred million. And then even YouTube channels alone, there's still a big number. So there's no better time to start a podcast than now. And of course, yeah, I've had a lot of like ups and downs. There's days where I wanted to throw my computer against the wall because of the technical side of it. Like the technical side was really like a big frustrating thing for me. Like editing my first episode took like two hours for a five minute audio, even like trying to figure out how to like contact people to be on my show was like really nerve wracking because back then I was so afraid people might say no or like, you know, reject my idea and, you know, I do have a lot of rejection. I do get a lot of reject people who say no to the show And you know, I want people to realize that I get more no's than yeses So can you imagine yeah. I interviewed over 800 m- women imagine how many no's I got so <laughs> You know It's it's this is the truth right and I just want people to realize like this is what you get but at the same time like if you have a big purpose it's not going to matter because For me, one of the biggest things about making this podcast, the, or the show, the way, you know, the results that it's gotten is because I led with my purpose. Every time I led with my purpose, it just like made things a lot easier and like, even when there's days when I think like, why am I doing this? Like, is this even worth doing it? Like, and I remember like someone messaging me like, thank you so much. Your show really helped me out. You know, I was able to join a um a speaking class and, uh, you know, really gave me the courage to do that. And so just messages like that make a huge difference because as long as you can like make a difference in one person, then like, for me, that's, that's all that matters.
0: Yeah. That's all I say as well. Whenever I do any speaking or, to that point the podcast you know if just one person gets in touch and says oh, hey, look, look enjoyed that episode i enjoyed this episode i've got some value from it i learned something from it yep yeah, that's fine that's mission complete for me you know it's um, it's here for for the audience and you know just to keep doing it and keep doing it and hoping that they get some value from it is it's really what really what genuinely carries me through and doing it and I can see that that's what carries you through and doing yours as well so it's fantastic and it's it's no surprise to me at all that we're here today in this same space with the same values and working towards the same end because that's how it that's how it works, you know the um, the law of attraction. I'm not sure if you've ever, yeah, yeah, I can see it yeah. by the way you're nodding. You know I'm talking about. <laughs>
1: yeah, the secret was my first book.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, yeah, yeah, mine too actually. Oh, the film. Did I watch the I'm not sure if I read it before I watched the film, but either way, it's great. And and then tell us to move on from that into some big wins and triumphs you've had. For your for your podcast, I mean, yeah, I the achievement of having so many guests and keeping it going so long, but I'm sure there's more than that. <laughs>
1: um, you know, the podcast has been great. I've been able to, you know, interview a lot of people of influence. You know, if I, to me, the, having a podcast is the easiest way to, you know, connect with people of influence. Um, just because you know a lot of people like being interviewed in podcasts, and I always lead with my message. Like I was able to interview, um, you know, a very like a very um, high profile person in the Philippines, and which I never thought would have been possible. Like this person has two million, over 2 million followers on Instagram. And wow. here's me, you know, just like, who am I? But it's because I had such a huge message, like, you know, they said yes. And so those are some of the things, even um, I was reading some other podcasters story how she has a podcast based on a show that used to have um, Theo from The Cosby Show Right. And um, one of her dreams was to actually interview him. And he, she, I, she didn't. Re- and she told us how he actually followed her podcast for a year, but she was just too scared to ask him if to if to like be interviewed on her show. Um, after a year, she finally gave, had the courage, and she actually got to interview him. Like they had a Zoom meeting, and she, she it was like her lifelong dream achieve because she had a show about his show, his current TV show and it was like oh. one of he was one of the actors. But yeah, you just you just never know. I mean, I went to a podcasting yeah. convention. I was able to take a photo with Silent Bob, if anyone knows who Silent Bob is. Kevin Smith is the actor. Um now you know how old I am, but it's all good. But like mm-hmm. it's just crazy. You just never know who you might connect with because you know it's such a powerful platform that's still very mm-hmm. underutilized and yeah. I mean, some were just being featured. Mm-hmm. I was featured in a newspaper in, in the Philippines, which is crazy because I never knew that would have been possible. I mean, it wasn't front page or anything, but the fact that I was in a newspaper was like never in my wildest dreams that would have ever happened. And even just doing this book project, you know, if, if I did not, um, you know, talk about my podcast and how long I've been doing it and stats and like where it's been going, like I wouldn't have this project right? Like this book project to begin with. So, you know, I really have the podcast to thank for because without this, like I wouldn't have been able to talk about confidence or have people ask me about, you know, confidence questions or be that go-to person. Like I didn't even think of it that way. Right. I just remember one girl asking me like, Hey, you know, I actually need an article done about, you know, how to build confidence at work because you're the go-to confidence person. And for me, it's like, I didn't even think of it as that way. You know, I just like talking about confidence because I really want to help people build their confidence because yeah. confidence is like a big factor, especially in entrepreneurship, right? You need to mm-hmm. have confidence to go out there and, you know, promote yourself or go after things that you want or even make the first move to to like, you know, show your product or service or whatever it is that you're, you you want to do. Like, it takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of courage and confidence. Yeah, I agree. And 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 in that regard,
0: I mean, what do you think are some of the best ways to build up confidence? Particularly you now for some people who are listening who who perhaps don't have much of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, every person's different. I say you try many different ways to build confidence, kinda of like a trial and error thing, trial mm-hmm. and error thing because what may work for me might not work for you right so one thing that i that doesn't work for me at all and i've tried many times is meditation i cannot for the life of me just sit there and have a meditation tape and just go um for like 10 minutes because <laughs> i end up falling asleep and for the longest time i thought something was wrong with me because i was like why can't i get this right like what is wrong with me why can't i meditate like other people and their like lives are changed because of meditation is because it wasn't for me and so mm-hmm. for me like my form of med- my form of meditation is like jogging outside that's where i can oh. just like mind dump everything you know like i just it's just that's my form and so this is why it's very important to choose things that work for you right because no one knows you better than yourself and then when it comes to building self-confidence i believe in taking small small steps versus taking the big leap it's okay to take the big leap if you're if you can expect that it might not work (laughs) Right. Um, But if you take that big leap and you don't hit it, it really brings your confidence level down. Right. For me, it did. And so for me, just taking it step by step really builds the confidence because it's those small, daily, actionable steps is what yield the big results. You know, those when everyone says they're an overnight sensation, no such thing. They've been working in that in the background for years and years so like one great example is Lizzo you know people think like she just came out of nowhere really she's been working at it for like 10 years sometimes she had to sing just for free beer because they couldn't pay her and I want Mm. people to realize like you know where she what she had to go through to get where she is today took a lot of work it wasn't an overnight sensation she's been in this game for a long time it's just now she's reaping the rewards
0: Mm. yeah I think there's a lot to be said for that and you touched on it earlier that you know entrepreneurship isn't it's seen as like glamorous and that's part of the reason that i do this do this podcast to pull back the the curtain on that it's really not that glamorous when you get (laughs) back to it yeah everyone gives me that exact same response that you just did sheena it's like yeah the eye roll uh, it's really not and for a half a second you just go back there into your mind into into a time where it wasn't so glamorous right but it's it's it takes hard work you know though yes you do get to choose your own hours but they're often longer than they would be if you're working for someone else you know there's a, there's a there's a big difference in in the cut off time i find you know and sometimes speaking from a personal perspective here i find it hard to to find that that cut off particularly if you're if where you live is also kind of your workplace to some degree yeah it's it's not yeah okay you get to choose your own hours and you might be able to have you know Monday off because you want to do something else but it's uh it probably means that you've had to work Sunday and Saturday just to make it make it happen right
1: yeah I mean yes like you mentioned you can work your own hours but you might be working at two in the morning <laughs> you yeah. know while the rest of the world is sleeping and yeah. so yeah I, you know when it sometimes when I see people like they show off their fancy cars or fancy houses. It's great. But like, nobody tells you like, this is my little desk that I've been working on for the past five years. Mm. Everything that's ever happened in my life is from this desk, the Mm. the tears, the happiness, the frustrations, the Mm. failures, the success, all happens here. Like, you know, sharing a story, but like kind of like the Amazon guy, right? When he first started, he shows you where he actually started Right, yes. like very humble, like little desk with his like big glasses and like his ghetto yeah. computer. And but that's how most people start, right? They start with what they have, right? They just they're just yes. resourceful.
0: Yeah, that's right. Just get going. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bezos, um, Amazon guys, he started actually with ta- tables that were made from doors because he didn't have money to buy tables. So, you know, it was just one table cut in half in an A frame and then a table on the top. <clears throat> You right you know people just get some just get started with what you are where you are with what do what you can where you are with what you have and and just yeah never be satisfied keep moving forward and um yeah be resourceful i think that's a a great great tip isn't it yeah and often i think when you open up your mind to being resourceful it can make you realize how much you actually already have around you you know whether that be the people around you whether you can just embrace the technology that you've got i know you touched on that earlier that must have been a bit of a journey for you um getting used to technology i i'm a bit more blessed with the fact that i've always been used to technology it's always been around me so taking to the podcast was very easy but um i mean as we've as we've just evidently showed today uh, you still get problems you know yeah. you still get problems and it's just about responding to them not reacting to them remaining calm and working through them and not um Not not losing your shit, for want of a better word.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even some of the biggest stars have gone through some of their fair share, like being on concert, falling off. They just get back right up and just keep performing, right? Or a fashion model who slips and falls on the runway gets back up and starts walking, strutting like it never happened. Like, you know, things like that. We just pick ourselves back up because we all fall down, right? It's life. Life isn't always linear. It's like a roller coaster. Sometimes you're Mm -hmm. up, sometimes you're down. But it's how we react to them that's what matters the most.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a roller coaster. But hold on tight because it's well worth the ride, I think.
1: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me about, obviously, the word hustle. It's, it's, it's a part of the title of this podcast, Hunger for the Hustle. I define hustle to be if you don't see the circumstances around you that you desire, then you go out and you create them. I'd love to know how you define hustle. And as a lady who's pretty busy, got a lot going on, what kind of drives drives your hunger for it?
1: I think for me, the, the hunger for hustle is really creating, you know, a positive impact in the world. You know, I'm, I really have a passionate f- passion for that. Like it's been ingrained with me since I was young. I always knew even back then when I used to work a job, like I wanted to do something that would benefit, you know, the world or just create an impact right as much as I can. And so I think for me, the hunger for hustle is that based on like learning to help others, learning to create win win situations, learning to create a positive impact in the world because the more we can create that positive impact more people out there will you know be inspired and take action in their own lives right and you know the more we can help the more the more we can create good in this world i mean we're here for one reason we have one life to live our life is very short and you know sometimes we just don't want to like waste it away right because you never know what's going to happen so i think that's my definition of hunger for hustle just you know doing what it takes to you know, get your purpose out there, right? No matter what the circumstances are. And I know it's hard because <laughs> I know there's days where I want to quit so badly where I'm like, is this even worth it? And I have to go back and see why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I feel a lot better after.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And no, I think that's a great definition. And I think that's going to bring it, bring it home for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, just, I was kind of thinking about your answer there and, and how, how much sense it makes quite frankly.
1: you
0: (laughs) what 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 are your some of your goals dreams and aspirations for the future of i know you've got the book coming out and and but the podcast you know what's the kind of vision for that going forward it's already something fantastic i'm sure
1: yeah i mean i just want to keep the podcast going as long as i can you know as much energy as i have to get it going um other than that i really just want to find other ways to elevate you know asian women's voices women of color's voices doing what i can. To help them realize their worth, realize that they're capable to go out there and do their own thing. I think that's the main important thing because I never had that growing up and I wish I did have it. And even all the women that I've ever interviewed on the podcast, you know, it was the same thing for them. I wish I had this when I was younger. So I don't want little girls saying they wish they had it. I want them to have it. I want them to be able to see this and say, yeah, I actually listened to the girl who flies a plane with her, with her feet. And that is amazing. Um, you know, that's what I want because it's 2020, <laughs> we need it.
0: Yeah. Nearly, uh, <laughs> big changes come in this year. Big changes have already happened. We're nearly hey, we're flying towards the end of the year now. And um, I think there's going to be just as many positive changes as well as perhaps ones that people perceive as or are negative, I guess, in some ways. But yeah, I think that's great. I just think, again, I know I keep saying this, but I just think it's such great work that you're doing with the podcast because, I mean, think about those 800 ladies that you've interviewed, right? And then the amount of people that have seen that. And that they decide, well, I'm going to make the change here for my generation, and it's going to be different for my daughter, and then that change will install and just carry on and on. So, yeah, I really, really hope it, you know, does have that impact and makes that change that it quite frankly deserves to make.
1: Thank you. Appreciate that.
0: Now, as we, as we close out, let's go. I'd love to get three hot tips from you. You know. For anyone that's maybe and you can answer them in, in what regard you like really but perhaps to someone who's looking to start a podcast who, who you know maybe has got a concept going in their mind but they just don't know how to get started and get it get it out there
1: yeah for sure i think it starts with what is the purpose of your podcast you know having a big a, a purpose is really important and it doesn't have to be like the grandest purpose at all if you you know your purpose is just like you have a love to to cook and you want to show people how to You want to share stories of chefs who've been able to, like, you know, start from humble beginnings and work their way up Then start with that. I think just sitting down and writing down the purpose of your podcast is really huge because then it makes everything a lot easier to do, in my opinion. Um, So start with that. I mean, don't don't worry. I know this is hard, but don't worry about perfection. My, my, my podcast isn't perfect after 800 episodes either. Trust yeah. me. I don't have like, you know, for me, how I check the sound is if I can hear them talk, that's good. <laughs> you know, I don't know <laughs> what the, the megahertz is or whatever the level of sound is still supposed to be. The way I check it is I can hear her. I can hear me. It's good. So, you know, let just take perfection out of it because if you strive for perfection, you'll never get there. And honestly, just start. Starting is the hardest thing anyone does. Trust me, I I know what it's like because there's so many times I wanted to start and I was so scared. But once you start and just take action on it, it's a lot easier. So, yeah, those are the three tips that I want to share with you if you want to start a podcast. And like I said, there's no better time than now. Like um, Jake mentioned, there's only a million like um, shows out there, which is not a lot. If you if you research how many YouTube channels there are or how many blogs are out there it's like a hundred times more so now is the greatest time to do that to start a podcast
0: you're absolutely right a million is a really small number in the scope of things i i I perhaps put that across as a big number because i think it's a bit of a milestone for the podcast world but in the scope of the world and how many people there are and particularly you know there's a million podcasts out there there's probably you know i don't know how many times more but like there's probably maybe 10x more people that are actually listening to them particularly if you have a niche, you know, like you do with yours, like I do with mine. If there's a niche that you're pertaining to, then, yeah, it's it's going to be a hit, and and there's no better time than now. The technology is there to make you do it. It's very low cost of entry. You know, there's no one telling you what you can and can't talk about. Yeah, yeah, I really resonate with you there. you just got to get started and get it out there.
1: Yeah, and especially now that most of us are on lockdown, now's a great time to figure everything out while you're still yeah. stuck at home.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's a good point you make. I don't think I would have come out with this podcast this year if it hadn't have been for lockdown. You know, yeah. it's, it's, There's obviously a lot of change going on in this time, but there's a lot of opportunities and blessings if you keep your eyes and ears open to them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have these book projects if it wasn't for the lockdown as well. So, yeah, you know, yeah. anything's possible.
0: Yes, it it certainly is. Now, I'm going to put the links for where people can find you in the chat. But um, please go ahead and tell people the best place to find you and your podcast.
1: So, you know, you can always Google Sheena Yap Chan, which is great because I'm the only Sheena Yap Chan in the world, which is amazing. So yeah. <laughs> that's what I tell people. Um, you can also check out my pad- podcast called The Tao of Self Confidence on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the major um, podcast directories. Or you can check out my website, com, where you can check past episodes, tools and resources, products, um, services when it comes to building your self confidence.
0: Sheena, thanks so much. It's been so good to have you on the show and keep doing what you're doing. It's great work. I'm going to jump onto your podcast and subscribe. And although it's not something you may think that I would be interested in, I am really now very interested in. And I can't wait <laughs> to see you get to a thousand episodes.
1: I'll I'll let you know when I reach there. And yeah, I this is one thing I want to share with people. So you mentioned that you know you might not be the right audience because you're not asian or a woman but i was reading an article about uh, the book crazy rich asians and they were studying who their biggest audience is and their biggest audience is actually white women between like the ages 20 to 45 because wow. they were so interested in the culture and like if you ever read the book the author's very descriptive on like the clothes they wear the lifestyle they live all like very like crazy like descriptive so just because you're doing something that's like stuck to your niche doesn't mean other people won't like come out and check it. So, yeah, <laughs> that's I think a lesson like people can like say, okay, yeah, like just because I'm stuck to this niche doesn't mean it won't expand because it will.
0: Absolutely. Love that message. Let's leave it at that. I think it's okay. a better time to end the show.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. It was really fun being here today.
0: Thanks for coming on. Thanks for giving me your time and energy. I've really enjoyed it. I'll uh, I'll be speaking to you again soon, that's for sure. Awesome. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.